1: Notice what God says, let us, is us singular or plural, it's plural, make man in our, is our singular or plural, image, let us make man in our image, so you have this conversation and a conversation takes place throughout the Old Testament, it's not until the New Testament at a specific event that we know that God is a trinity.
2: A word which is actually never used in the Old Testament or the New Testament, but the concept is plainly inferred, as Pastor Sheely will explain in just a moment. As we uh, wrap up a message from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, Pastor Leighton Sheely is our teacher on this program. We call "Study Verse by Verse." The church is on the web at Highlands.us. That's Highlands.us.
1: God is one. And there are three distinct persons. The Hebrew word, by the way, is used to describe a uh, a cluster of grapes. One cluster of grapes, but there's individual grapes in the cluster. And that's what Jesus is saying here. I and the Father are one. We're one. Now there's a teaching that some people are saying today that Jesus really never claimed to be God. Well, if you come across the opportunity to help someone learn the truth, point them right here at this chapter. Because here, Jesus very clearly says, I and the Father are one. Now, the Jewish people understood very clearly what Jesus was claiming. He was claiming to be God. That's why they picked up stones to stone him. Because according to the law, blasphemy was to be punished by stoning. Leviticus chapter 24. But this was a mob, and they weren't going to follow due process. They weren't going to gather evidence and present it before the magistrates and follow any kind of due process. They were going to be the prosecutors, they were going to be the judge, and they were going to be the executioners right then, right there, right now. But before they could throw their stones, Jesus answered them, saying, Verse 32 I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, It's not for good works or good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy because you, being a man, make yourself God. Now you notice how calm and courageous Jesus is. He didn't run away. There's no sign of fear. There's this calm in the face of his opponent's murderous rage. And he asked this question, I showed many good works from the Father for which of them are you stoning me? And Jesus here was not softening or withdrawing from his claim at being God. Now, if he had not intended to say, I am the Father, one, I am God, then this would have been a great opportunity for Jesus to say something like, wait, 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 let's, let's talk about this. You misunderstood what I was trying to say here. Let's put the stones down, boys. But that's not what Jesus said at all. He didn't soften or withdraw his claim to be God. And the enraged Jews, they weren't going to be deterred by any miracles. They brushed those aside. They said, is not, it's not for good works that we stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. Their minds were already made up. They, they refused to even consider the possibility that his claim might be true. And by the way, in this gospel, this is the first occasion in which the charge of blasphemy is leveled against Jesus. And ironically... Far from being a mere man who was arrogantly promoting himself as God, Jesus was in fact God who had humbled himself, become a man, so he could bring salvation for all who believe. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, it's not, Is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came... And scripture cannot be broken. That's a statement of Jesus about the inerrancy uh, and power of scripture. Do you say of him whom the father consecrated and sent into the world, you are blaspheming? Because I said I am the son of God? If I'm not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, you don't believe what I'm saying, you don't believe my claims... Believe the works, the miracles, the signs, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. So he recognized how seriously the Jews took this claim of a title, God. And so he addressed them by quoting an Old Testament passage. Now it's important for you to, to know that, uh, what, 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 it, what is really intended by what Jesus said here. And I'll, I'll explain more as we continue. Jesus quotes from Psalm 82. It's a short uh, psalm. You might want to note it, look at it later. Let me read it for you. It, it says, God has taken his place in the divine counsel. In the midst of God's, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. God has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of God's. He holds judgment. And he's reprimanding these human judges that are not doing their job to represent God justly and perform God's justice And he refers to these unjust human judges as gods. Note, with a little g. Gods. By the way, to make sure it's not lost upon us, the 1984 version of the NIV puts it in quotes. And the New Living Translation has an unfortunate translation because it didn't understand or communicate the original intent, it refers to heavenly beings. It's not talking about heavenly beings. It's talking about human judges. And so what Jesus does, he puts all his emphasis on the exact word that's used in the Old Testament scriptures. And if any other word would have been used, then his argument would have fell down. But the fact is that the Old Testament calls God's evil human judges. Now, Leon Morris wrote this. He said this passage is sometimes misinterpreted as though Jesus was simply classifying himself with men in general because he appeals to a psalm that speaks of men as gods. And so goes the reasoning. And thus justifies himself as speaking of himself as the son of God, suggesting that he might be a god, little g, in the same sense as, other, as the others. But this is not taking seriously what Jesus actually says. He is arguing from the lesser to the greater. What he's saying is, if the word God, little g, could be used to people who are no more than judges, human judges, how much more could it be used of one who has greater dignity, greater importance, and greater significance than any mere human judge? One whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world. He's not placing himself on the level with men, but he's setting himself apart from them. You see, this is Jesus' way of accepting the charge that was made against him in verse 33. He doesn't deny claiming to be God. This is his way of saying, yes, I am. And then he goes on and says, I want you to set aside your biased conclusions and look at the evidence. If I do not do the works of my Father, then don't believe me. But if I do them, though you don't believe me, though you don't accept what I say, though you don't accept my claims, then believe the works. So that you may know and understand. Know and understand is actually the same word in the original language, but know is an event, a singular event, and understand is a process. And so what Jesus is saying is there's an eye-opening event, oh, and then there's a process that follows. Know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. But they couldn't recognize it because they were spiritually blind. Now it's important, by the way, for us to understand this verse and what it really means because um, there are those who misuse what Jesus said here to justify some unbiblical notions. Uh, they suggest that Jesus acknowledged that there were many gods by what he said here. Mormons teach you that there's a pantheon of God, and if you're a good man, then someday you get to be a god, you get your own planet, and so on and so forth. Hindus will tell you that there are millions of gods, and so people who believe in multiple gods like to come here and say, see, even Jesus said there there were many gods, when in fact that's not what Jesus said. Verse 39, "...again they sought to arrest him, but he escaped their hands. He went away across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first, and there he remained. And many came to him, and they said, John did no sign, John didn't do any miracles, but everything that John had said about this man was true, and many believed in him there." So he looted their grasp. The author doesn't tell us how. It doesn't say if it was a miracle he just disappeared, or in the commotion he slipped away. It doesn't tell us that, but Jesus went away to the place where it all began." To the place on the far side of the Jordan, the place in the wilderness where John the Baptist looked up one day, pointed at Jesus and said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And John, the author of this gospel, and Andrew were there that day. They were disciples of John the Baptist and they understood what John the Baptist was inviting them to do and they turned and they followed Jesus. And that's where Jesus ministry began even though Jesus was not actively pursuing publicly people were still pursuing him they were going out into the middle of the wilderness to find Jesus and said we know that you're the one that John told us about I'd like you to take home something with you today and and chew on it every day this week sometime in the course of the day remind yourself of this I want to send you home with the words of Jesus. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one, no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand.
2: Amen. Well, we have come down to the end of a message presented by Pastor Leighton Sheely at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. We usually take uh, three or four broadcasts to present the entire message here on this program. And if you'd like to hear all of the messages in this series, you can do just that on our website at studyversebyverse.com. That's the website for the ministry. You can also join with us financially. If you are blessed by this program, you might want to uh, partner with us and uh, share the Lord's blessing, financial blessing to you with us. We would appreciate your help in that way. Again, the website, studyversebyverse.com. And the church, Church of the Highlands, is on the web at highlands.us. That's Highlands. .us. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us today. Have a great rest of your day and be back tomorrow at this same time when we'll begin a new message as Pastor Layton opens the Word of God once again and helps us study verse by verse.